Good morning, church family. Man, Dwayne uh, said he's going to be gone. He says he's in the series of preaching these carols of Christmas. I don't know if you know it, but I'm not a music person. You know what I mean? I do know how to play the radio, and I do like songs. But he gave me the blue Christmas theme, and I'm just going, man, what do you do with the blue Christmas? And then I said, hey, Dwayne, I'll do blue Christmas as long as I can throw some green in there, okay? So then we got the bluish green Christmas, okay? So uh, our scripture today comes out of Matthew 1, it's 18 through 25, and I got my buddy Hunter up here, and he's going to read that for us. Go ahead, Hunter. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Amen. Man, that's an interesting uh, story. But, uh, you know, all through the Christmas story, it doesn't always go as planned. You know, Jesus could have been here, just zapped on the scene and everything else. But God chose this way to bring the greatest gift ever into this world and change this world forever. To make it a green Christmas. I work at a tree farm a lot of times. And uh, man, the good deal is all through the summer, all the trees are green. It gets wintertime and the wintertime happens. And a lot of some of these trees... Don't have the green in them. And you got to whack them down and start all over again. You know what I mean? Because everybody wants a green tree and it's got to be perfect, right? It can't have a bare spot on the back because, man, it just ain't going to work for Christmas. It ain't going to make me happy, okay? But you all know Charlie Brown, how he picked out his tree. He picked out the scrawniest one, the one with the needles falling off because, man, that spoke to him. God does the same thing with us. He chooses to use us. For his Christmas story. And guys, God's given me a thing here today. I hope I can slow down, slow enough so you can see what he's trying to do with us. And put yourself in here. Things I thought of when I was reading this scripture. What can we learn from this scripture today? Jesus is looking to use men of integrity and obedience. Wow, that's big, isn't it? But he doesn't want just anybody. He wants somebody with integrity and obedience. And here's another thing. Don't blow up when you first hear about a problem. I've been guilty of that. Y'all been guilty of that, blowing up when you first hear a problem? Hey, God knows all about your problem before you learn about it. Isn't that pretty awesome? God pre-plans everything and nothing catches him. By surprise. I love that one the best. 
He pre-plans everything, and nothing catches him by surprise. He's got a plan for everything. So no matter what you're going through today, God already knew about it. He's got a plan. You just got to follow it, okay? And sometimes that means going through the hard route. Sometimes that means knowing the joy is going to come later. Because the testing of our faith brings about joy, right? All right. As we get started, I got this neat thing to kind of put you in this Christmas mode of just the blue Christmas. Uh, this pastor tells of a Christmas pageant that was happening at his church. And this was put on by the grade school kids. And they were presenting the Christmas story that included Mary and Joseph coming to the inn. And in that class, there was this one little boy who really wanted to be Joseph. Man, that was his heart's desire. Really wanted to be Joseph. But the director, guys, get this. The director didn't see Joseph in that boy. And so his rival buddy got to be the role of Joseph. And he got to be the innkeeper. So he was a little bit upset about the situation. So all through practices, rehearsals, and everything else that goes on at these Christmas pageants, he was plotting in his mind how he was going to get even with his buddy. Okay? So the big night came. Parents are everywhere. The crowd's got the anticipation. You know how it is. That's Johnny. He's my kid, you know. Everybody's proud and everything, you know, and everybody's out in the audience. Here's the big moment. Mary and Joseph are walking across the stage, and Joseph knocks on the door. Here's this boy's opportunity. He opens the door wide, and he goes, yeah, what do you want? And Joseph replied, we'd like to have a room tonight in the inn. He goes, wow. He swung open the door wide, and he says, Come on in. I'll give you the best room in the house. And so this little boy and everybody in the audience is going, Whoa, that isn't part of the play. That isn't it. No, he's missing it up. But Joseph, not sweating, okay, yet, okay, he's going, wow, this is my opportunity. He takes a few minutes. He walks inside the inn, looks around, sees everything, and he comes back out to Mary. And then his line, he goes, Mary, let's get out of here. We're going to stay in the stable tonight. This place isn't fit for my wife. <laughs> That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Man, a little kid thought of that. That's pretty awesome. They kept the story going. He stayed in the stable. Man, he got her all fixed in a matter of a few minutes. But I guess that's why that boy was Joseph and not the other one, right? So, uh, man, life throws us curves all the time. There are times when uh, it doesn't go according to plan. There's times when we know what the script ought to be, okay? But somebody or something changes, and it, uh, you know, throws a kink in our plans. Here's some things that might throw a kink in our plans. At Christmas time, a loved one dies. Friends or family move away. We struggle with divorce or marriage problems. We lose our job. We face uh, cancer or some other overwhelming disease. What's promised to be a fun-filled Christmas uh, suddenly has got a blue tint to it. And I like Elvis's song in this blue Christmas. It's, uh, I'll have a blue Christmas, that's for certain, 
And when the blue heartache starts a hurting, you'll be doing all right with your Christmas of white. But I'll have a blue, blue Christmas. You know, sometimes it's a choice. Sometimes it's a choice we make. As I was looking at the Christmas story as I was preparing Advent candles, God kind of spoke to me and he said, Hey, Brent, unless you see the cradle within the shadow of the cross, you're looking at the cradle all wrong. Did you get that? Unless you see the cradle with the shadow of a cross, you're seeing this thing all wrong. Okay? Jesus didn't come to be a cute little baby in a Christmas play. Okay? He didn't. He came to be our Savior. He came to die on that cross in our place, take on all our sins, and be uh, our offering, our sin offering, taking our punishment so we could have his eternal reward. And that's what it's all about, folks. That's what Christmas is all about. But the story takes some turns. Listen to this. The child was born in a dirty stall of a stable. Wow. The king of kings, the lord of lords, is born in a dirty stall. When I used to take the youth group out for our Christmas, uh, you know, scavenger hunt and all that, I'd kind of say, hey, where would Jesus be born today? Everybody goes, hotel, baby, hotel. That's where we're going. Well, I haven't gone to the hotel, but they just have room in the inn. So I had the hotel manager tell them, hey, there's no room in the inn. You need to go out toward the dumpster. Man. And you know what? For some of those kids, that was amazing. Some of those kids haven't forgot that I had them go out by a dumpster and sing the Christmas carol out by the dumpster. Because the world didn't want Jesus. The world tried to get rid of Jesus. But he was the greatest gift that we could ever have. Amen? Here's the other peculiar thing about the story. There's a lot of innocent boys that King Herod killed. It wasn't a pretty sight. Every kid to and under. He was fearful that this king was going to rise and take his throne. Man, that's kind of like a not to the script. The other thing is, the story is someone was sent into the world in peace and was condemned to death. The other thing is, the story was sent to shine in the darkness and this world snuffed it out. This world stuffed it out. In this story, Jesus never end or is never ending. Self-giving mercy was rejected and condemned. Yeah, this world could be a harsh place. Yeah, people die, move away, get divorced, sickness, lose their jobs, and these hardships and tragedies happen to all of us. We all have an excuse to have a blue Christmas. But I want to look at scripture here today and see what we can find. As how he read that, he said, uh, now the birth of Jesus was as followed. When, his, when Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. That's pretty awesome. I don't know how that happened. I can't explain exactly how that happened. The Bible says it happened, and I believe it happened, and I can't give you all the details on how that happened. But man, that's one of those things we just need to know that the Holy Spirit implanted that seed there, okay? And here it is. And Joseph, her husband, he was betrothed to Mary, guys. 
This is in the final processes of their wedding ceremony. He finds out that she is pregnant. He's a righteous man and wants to do his best, not to disgrace her. But he's planning on uh, sending her away secretly. Wow, that was Joseph's plan. Aren't you glad God has a plan? Man, I am so glad God has a plan. But you see, a couple things happen there. I said Joseph was a righteous. Joseph was a man, a man of integrity. So this angel appears on the scene. And he says, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For what's in her has been implanted by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Here's the deal, guys. When God talks to us, are we as obedient as Joseph is? Are we obedient to do the hard things in life when we don't understand? I'll be honest. There are situations in my life. Man, I just don't understand, God. What in the heck are you trying to do? Are you trying to kill me or what? You know what I mean? As older my kids get, the more I see how I trusted God with my kids. And it makes me uh, thankful that I did some of the hard things that I did. But these kids, man, need to see Jesus lived out in us. Men, dads, Sunday school teachers, we need to be obedient to what God's telling us to do. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when I ain't got the time. Because God can plant that seed. God can do the impossible if we just let him. But all he's looking for is your availability. Joseph didn't check out, guys. He went ahead and had no fear. Now, I find that interesting. I'm going to get to it here in a minute. In this Christmas story, a lot of times it says, fear not. He said that to Joseph. He said that to Mary. Fear not, Mary. For you are chosen. Fear not. The other time when it appears, he says, fear not to the shepherds. When the heavenly hosts show up, he says, fear not. For today in the city of David, the Savior has been born. Okay? Go see. Okay? But to see that in all its splendor, man, can it shake you in your boots, man? It's just out of the ordinary, right? The God does the out-of-the-ordinary things if we'll just look. He does. As we were in Operation Christmas Child this week, man, something was laying heavy on my heart. And that, you know, I'll be honest with you. I prayed about it prayed about it. And I said, God, I don't know what I need to do about this situation. But I have a cousin. He's in Atlanta. And I know he's not having the best time. But... You know, I go to Atlanta every year for Operation Christmas Child, and man, I know Atlanta's a big place, and I know Atlanta, man, it can be a place where you don't want to be, you know what I mean? And uh, his name's Mike. I introduced him to our group this week. But I told Judy on the way down there, I said, Judy, when I get to the hotel, I'm going to call Mike. I'm not going to give him a heads up, I'm just going to call Mike, because something's laying heavy on my heart today, just to give him a call and invite him to hang out. Just invite him to hang out with us at Operation Christmas Child. See what God can do in his life. And guys, I got to that hotel, gave him a call. Guess what? 
Mike answered the phone. That's a miracle nowadays, isn't it? You don't have to text. He actually answered the phone. He says, hey, Brent, how you doing? So we started off great. I said, hey, Mike, you got tomorrow free. I'm going to be in Atlanta, and I'm in this North Cross place. And guys, God's good. He's only like 15 miles away from where I'm staying in that hotel. I said, hey, come on down. You can ride the bus. You can see that I'm a bus driver now, and I can get you down here and through Atlanta traffic just as easy or whatever. But, man, I can't tell you how many times in that 24 hours Mike said, I am sure glad you called. I am so glad you called because God's been working on me, and God need, was wanting me to be encouraged. And that was awesome, man. It made me feel so good. I got to spend all day with him. He got to be around all our church members there at that thing and just doing those things. And I can't tell you how he felt, guys. He had not even had this thing on his radar. But he is going, Brent, this Operation Christmas Child is pretty amazing. Who packs all these boxes? He thought somebody was packing these things on purpose, you know. I said, no, it's when God lays it on your heart, these church members pack these boxes. He goes, some of them are so thought out. Some of these are such a good gift to be given. He couldn't believe people would actually give a gift to a person they don't even know. Hey, if God calls us to do that, how could that change your life? He says in his word, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Blow your mind. Because what? We all like to get, don't we? We do. It's part of that sinful nature, too, man. We all like to get as much as we can. In America, we get a ton. But, guys, there's something that happens when you give it away. There's something that happens when you think of others. And I think that's part of that joy God came to give us, that happiness inside. It comes by trusting him. It comes by not thinking of yourself, but thinking of others. And you do something out of the goodness of your heart. He does the work. All you have to do is be available and be willing to be used. The other thing in this Christmas story I see, after Joseph agreed to take Mary, you know, and the angel showed up and said, don't be afraid. And in this dream, I like it how Moses, or not Moses, Man, you guys help me out here. How Joseph was obedient. Joseph found out a problem and didn't panic. Isn't that awesome? He knew Mary was pregnant. I like to know how that all went. You know what I mean? I like to know a little bit more details in the story. But I can only imagine. My mind goes there and he's just going, oh, man. Did I ever pick the wrong one? You know what I mean? And he's really feeling it hard. But then this angel shows up after he slept on it that night and in a dream. But he didn't take on the problem right away. I like to say, hey, you pray about it. You think about it. Trenton's getting ready to uh, graduate in May. Trenton's my worrier. Okay? Trenton plans where Dad doesn't plan as much as Trenton. But Trenton's a planner. He's got to have every step worked out. And if some step's not worked out, guess what? It's bad, baby. You know what I mean? 
We've got to have a plan, Dad. We've got to have some way of doing this. But it's so cool to watch God work in his life. I want to, man, just take a minute to just let, let you get clued in on what God's doing. God moved him to Waco, Texas, took care of his education. Thank God me and Tracy couldn't do that. But, you know, they moved there, both of them full-ride scholarships. She graduates. She's got a job right next door to their new apartment that they live in. They got the apartment before she got the job. But she is a special ed teacher in a school right next to where they live. She hasn't even got to commute. She just walks. It's a God thing. She keeps saying that's a big blessing in her life. You know, the other thing is, Trenton's growing up. Trenton's getting to know how God works. He's getting to figure this stuff out. God doesn't always tell you, hey, 10-year plan is you're going to be here. Five-year plan is you're going to be there. You have to trust. You have to trust God with all you have. And sometimes, no matter how bad you want it, folks, no matter how bad you want to have a plan, he doesn't give it to you until the perfect time. When you are totally relied on him is when he is going to come forward. So for all you planners, all you reality people, sometimes the reality is there ain't no plan. We're just trusting God, okay? That's where I'm in there, man. That's what I'm doing. I'm trusting God a lot of times because, hey, that's the way I want to live my life, and that's the way I want my kids to see me live my life is trusting God with everything I got. And that happens. It always doesn't happen the way I think it's going to happen, but it happens. With me being up here preaching today and be, being a youth pastor, one of those things are the one things I ran for I told God I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And that's the reason I got that Moses poster hanging in my office so I can be reminded every morning I walk in, God's doing this thing. It's not Brent. And that's so amazing how he just wants to use you if you'll let him use you, if you'll trust him. And that's exactly what we see here. It blew Joseph's mind that God had a plan. But God had a plan. Joseph followed it. Joseph went along according to it. And, uh, man, as he came, he said, the angel said, Hey, Joseph, this isn't just any baby that's in uh, Mary right now. This is Emmanuel. I know Joseph knew what that meant, but for you guys and me, uh, that means God with us. And guys, when you live in life, it's great to know that I'm not walking it alone. Okay? It's great to have Tracy in my life where she can kind of corral me, get me back on point and stuff. But there's a person that sticks closer than my wife. And that's God himself. He walks with me day by day. If I'll just acknowledge his presence, allow him to use those times in my life where I need to listen to him through that still small voice or that scripture verse I read or Charlie maybe even through the bank sign over there you know some thing on there that really points the way of what God's trying to do in my life but that's what happens when we're following God and we're knowing that God is walking with us instead of us taking on this world and having to make all the decisions one of the things uh, I find out 
is joy. Joy is knowing that God's walking with me. It's more than just uh, happiness. I hate that word happiness. Because happiness has to do with what the world wants to have, see happen. Okay? But joy comes from God doing extraordinary things in your life that you can't see happen. Amen? And it's in having that trust no matter what you walk through. Even the bad times, somebody moving away, even a bad time. Uh, I'm thinking of Brother Tom in Nicaragua. To have that faith of walking through hard times and know that God walks with you. Knowing that you don't know what the future holds, but trusting God that he's got the best plan available. That is awesome. That is what turns a blue Christmas into a bluish-green Christmas. That you have the hope. I mentioned those trees before. The reason I think we have Christmas trees is to remind us in all this dead of winter, all this brown, gray, and everything that we have out there, there's hope of a spring that's going to come. And it's going to be green. Even in all this cold, even in all this snow, there's going to be green come back in the next season. Okay? God's getting ready to do something big. All right? got to watch my time here. Okay. Oh, man, let me give you this. This school in Wisconsin, I love it because they're being politically correct. In 2005, they took the Christmas program, nixed it, baby. They said, hey, we're going to have a winter program. So they're up with the stuff, you know what I mean? And they take Jesus out of the program. But guys, get this. They changed the words to silent night. You're going, wow, man, Brent, that's going to be interesting. How do you change the words to silent night? Well, let me get to you. If I can find it. Here's the lyrics. It reminds you, this is going with silent night. I'm not a music person, but I'd sing this thing if I was going. Cold in the night, no one in sight. Winter winds whirl and bite. How I wish I were happy and warm, safe with my family out of the storm. Man, doesn't that add hope to you, baby? Ah. Don't you want to make that one of your Christmas carols? Man, that just does flop, baby. Because they take Jesus out and they lose sight of what Christmas is all about. Guys, we're in a world that doesn't appreciate Christ. Y'all figure that out? I wear this thing all the time. I guess somebody gave it to me here at church. It says, keep Christ in Christmas. And I really look forward to those times when I can say Merry Christmas to somebody. And I'll do it just to aggravate them too. You know what I mean? <laughs> if I'm in Target or whatever, and I've got several times they say Happy Holidays, I'm going, there's no happy holidays without Jesus, man. Jesus has got to be the reason for the season. You know, I can almost preach a sermon to him. But that is my little opportunities that I can take to say, hey, this season is all about Christ and not about having a day off of work or whatever. It's about Jesus, okay? And that's what makes you some happy times because you have the joy of Christ in you. So... Take the every opportunity you have 
to stand out in this world and to give my little oomph to Christ, okay? Because you'll never know what God can do if you don't take the opportunity to make him large during this Christmas season. So that's free, okay? So keep Christ in your Christmas. And don't let it happen that you sing Silent Night with some other words, okay? Because that just ain't going to work, okay? It's not Christmas without the real Silent Night. And don't be afraid. I keep coming back to that. I mentioned earlier, he said that to Joseph, he said that to Mary, he said that to the shepherds. He said that even to Zechariah. He said, I know you've been praying. Hey, your wife's pregnant. She's going to have a son. You're going to call him John. Okay? So, man, don't be afraid. Okay? A lot of times God wants to use us, but what keeps us from being used is we're so afraid. What are we afraid of? I keep telling the kids when we go to third world countries, there's no way I can guarantee everything. Even going to Chicago, guys, it's in Illinois. Believe it or not, I was more scared in Chicago than I have ever been on a mission field. Because uh, the guys we were staying with, get this, they asked us to come. It's over by Garfield Park. And I have no idea what Garfield Park is. But when you go into the Taco Bell and they got bulletproof glass on the Taco Bell, you know something is up. Okay? And then when you're in the pastor's welcoming service, and he goes, yeah, I've had a couple bullets fly through my house. And I'm going, wow, man. And you're still here? Don't be afraid. God is bigger than our fear. Have some common sense, but don't be afraid. Be bold, but be willing to step out. Because God won't always fit in your plans. He won't always line up with what you think is going to happen in the program. Sometimes he'll get you off track to get you on track. Amen? Because he can do it because he's God. The big reason he can do it is because Jesus came. I mentioned you can't have the cradle without the cross. The reason that's so important is because the cross represents salvation. I said salvation, folks. The gospel. Ryan. I said the gospel. We've been working with Ryan to get him to know the gospel. G stands for what, Ryan? Very good. You're listening. Hey, G and gospel. God created me for relationship with him. Every one of us, he created us for a relationship with him. But our big problem, you owe, our problem is our sins. Man, it makes me so mad when some people say I'm good. Hey, there ain't none of us good, okay? We all mess up. We all fall short. Romans 3.23 says, for all of sin falls short of the glory of God. Right, Ryan? We did. And then the S in gospel, guess what? Sins can't be overcome by being good. I can't tell you how many times I've been at a store and I said, hey, if you were standing before God right now and uh, you had to give him a reason for letting you into heaven, what would it be? They think for a minute and they go, that's a good question. 
going, well, you better think about it because it's coming up, man. No. They give me some answer like, I go to church. I help people out. I don't use bad language. Say those are all great things, but man, your good works fall clink, fall short, man. You can't overcome sins by being good. The only thing that's going to cover our sin is the blood on the cross. That's the only thing, folks, and that's the reason we need to celebrate it with the cradle, because He came with setting us free for having that relationship with God, and that relationship just doesn't happen. In eternity, it happens here on earth. We are part of the gospel plan. We have got to share the good news. I'm excited that God uses us. He just didn't put a big banner up in the sky and say, hey, Jesus is the way. No, he planted me and you here so we can affect these other people around us that don't know Jesus. So they can see that he's real. Until you see Jesus is real, you're not going to trust him, right? But up on this cross, he died. The good news is he just didn't stay dead. He arose again. That's the reason we have Easter. And because he rose again, everyone who believes and trusts in him can have eternal life. And that life starts now and lasts forever. Right? If you followed me, I went through the G-O-S-P-E-L. And I did it real easy. But that's what you've got to share with these people out in the world. That's what our kids need to share with the kids they run around with. Because I'll be honest with you, they'll talk. They'll share it. Ask Ryan. He's learning it, and every time I see him around the store or something, I'll ask him. I do that to keep him accountable. I do that so he'll know the truth. And what he does with that, I have no idea. But God does. God can use that. God uses scripture. He says, my scripture's living and breathing. It can penetrate bone and marrow. If I use scripture when I tell people something, I think that goes in. I think that will not go out void. It says it in his word. Take the opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. Or what Christmas is all about. I'll share about Tracy. I love it. She works at a secular office place. She always gives me a hard time. She goes, you have no clue what the real world's all about. <laughs> and I'm going, thank God I am. You know what I mean? But uh, a lot of times she'll uh, be in her office, but these people don't know Jesus. She goes, hey, Brent, I got a good idea. I'm going to set some stuff around my office that kind of point to Jesus. And I see these people ask me questions. She's got like 30, 35 people working in her office. But they all know when Tracy goes out for Christmas because she puts all her Christmas stuff out in her office so they can all see Jesus. I love the one sign she's got. Jesus is the reason for the season. I mean, it spells it out. And they even had one, wise men still seek him. When her bosses come in, when her other partners come in, they still know wise men still seek him. Amen. You never know when those little things are going to make a big difference in somebody's life. When they're hurting, they'll know where to turn. When they need somebody to pray, they'll see somebody 
that can lift them up in prayer. You never know when you're going to be used by God, folks. Be ready to be used and do not be afraid because it won't go to according to script, okay? You'll have to live it out. You'll have to be the example. They'll have to see Jesus in you, all right? Amen? Now, after you invite Jesus into your life, guys, I'm getting close to the end, so pay attention. He changes your life. What I'm talking about was a change that's happened in each one of our lives. We make Jesus more a part of our life. We make Jesus the purpose of our life. No matter where you're at, if you're in the church, if you're in a secular office place, you make Jesus the reason for the season and that you have joy all the time. Joy doesn't mean I'm going around like I'm happy all the time, okay? I found it really, I don't even know if I should go here, but I will. I'll step in it. found it really bad that our city is so much stuck on passing the weed bill to feel happy. The best thing that brings the most happiness and joy to a person is right here. It might not have a financial benefit right now, but it's going to have a big payoff later. And their big reason for approving that, I heard in the town hall meetings that I go to, is because we need the money. My Bible says what you're going to sell your soul for. Right? Each one of us is going to have to make a decision what you sell out for. Is Jesus worth selling out for? Is following him worth selling out for? Or do you got your own plan? Has the world suckered you in and something else? Guys, know that his word can stand. Know that his plan can stand. Know that he's going to win in the end. I've read the book. Okay? He does win. And he will rule for eternity. No matter what happens. But know you need to be prepared. Here it is. I put it down like this. Uh, you see, many in this world mistake godly joy for earthly happiness. They believe that the chief goal in their life is to be happy. And they get their happiness from the happiness that happens to them. But then, if things that happen to them aren't the things that they are pleased with, they're not happy. They become robbed of their happiness because something or someone has changed the lines in their play, just like I demonstrated here before. Life has been turned out, out the way, life didn't turn out the way they thought it, they wanted it to. So they'll have a blue Christmas, a blue New Year's, a blue Valentine's Day. But when Jesus comes into our life, he takes the blue and changes the Wow, did you get that? He takes the blue and changes the hue. And we get to have a bluish green Christmas. But it takes all that goes wrong in my life and turns it into the reason for joy and contentment. All that goes wrong into my joy and my contentment. Because I know i got a future. And my future's great. Because I'm planning on spending it with my Lord and Savior in heaven one day. And I'm going to do everything I can to live a full and abundant life here on earth. 
but he wants to change your heart. He wants to change your thought process. I have this video of the Grinch. Let's watch as his heart gets changed. sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch with his Grinch feet Ice cold in the snow stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzle of a saw. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. Christmas came through, and the Grinch found the strength of ten Grinches, plus two. And now that his heart didn't feel quite so tight, he whizzed with his load through the bright morning light. With a smile in his soul, he descended Mount Crumpet, cheerily blowing hoo-hoo on his trumpet. He rode into Whoville, he brought back their toys, he brought back their floof to the Who girls and boys. He brought back their snoop and their tringlers and fuzzles, brought back their pantookas, their dafflers and wuzzles. He brought everything back, all the food for the feast, and he. He himself, the Grinch, 
half a roast beast. Welcome, Christmas. Bring your cheer. Cheer to all who's far and near. Christmas Day is in our grasp, so long as we have hands to clasp. Christmas Day will always be just as long as we have we. Welcome Christmas while we stand, heart to heart and hand in hand. Guys, there's only one person I know that can change your heart. One person, and that's Jesus. And you have to let him in, because he's not going to force his way. He says in Revelations, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody let me in, I'll come in. But if you don't want him to come into your Christmas, if you don't want him to be a part of his plan, that's perfectly fine with him. But he made every opportunity to make it possible that you can have a joy-filled Christmas, a joy-filled life, a life worth living, a life of abundance. But you have to make the choice to say, hey, I trust you and I'm not afraid. I'm going to follow you with what I need to do. Today, as we can have the invitation, I'm going to have our choir come up. But if your heart is a little too small today, he can fix it. He can do the surgery on it. But you need to come down to this altar and say, hey, Jesus, come in and change my heart. Come in and change me. And guys, if you do that with all sincerity, he's going to change you. He's going to start a brand new thing in your life. And he's going to make you joyful. You might not go around saying happy all the time, but you're going to be joy-filled. And you'll know where your eternity is. And you'll know where you're going to spend it. And that's going to bring joy. Amen? So if you'll stand with me, choir, or uh, Dave. As he's coming forward, let's bow forward to prayer. Tell me, Father, I'm thankful. I'm thankful I can proclaim the message of Christmas today. That it's not a blue Christmas. That you add the green tint to it. That hope, that joy of eternity spent with you. And that I don't go through life by myself. I go through life with you at the realm. You at the helm of my life. Leading, directing, and allowing me to trust you. To do the big things that you need to do in my life. Dear my Father, I can honestly say, man, that's the best way to live. I just pray, dear my Father, that this radio audience, these people out here in the congregation, will hear your words today, not mine, and will trust you. And not be afraid to step out in faith and live that out daily. And then, my Father, I just thank you for this opportunity that we have to proclaim you loudly in a public place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.